The following podcast is sponsored by SuperheroStuff.com. Sci-Fi For Me Radio presents Jason Hunt, Timothy Harvey. This is H2O. Why don't you do it this time? Well, sure. I'm always uh, doing it. Uh, well, welcome, folks. This is H2O for SciFiForMe.com. I am Timothy Harvey, and this is... Jason Hunt. And he is the Chief Poobah, Lord High Mucky Muck, Editor-in-Chief. Fearless Leader. Gotta use that one. Gotta, gotta use <laughs> you, that one. I know you do. You don't uh, have to use that one? Well, no, I can, no, we can use that one. Um, right. And this is our... Uh, our KC Comic-Con edition of H2O. Yes. We, we are, are actually... Kansas City Comic-Con at uh, Kansas City Convention Center and Bartle Hall. It is Friday, August 12th. Yes. And we are doing this in front of... Uh, there are actually people here. As Captive opposed, audience. That's right. Because they locked the doors. The doors have actually been doors locked. doors have shut. Yes. I heard it click. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They put the chains on the outside. You can't see them. But. Yes. Um, and normally, the, usually, the audience that we might have is the dog. Yes. And so it is. And a, the dog is usually asleep. And the dog is usually asleep. So not because of the show. Well, as far as we're aware. <laughs> um, so uh, this is day one of of Casey Comic Con. Yeah. It's Friday. So uh, it, it's going to run the rest of the weekend. And we've got uh, Zompocalypse now. Dustin Adair and I are going to have a panel tomorrow at three o'clock. Three o'clock. Um, so anyone who wants to come listen to Dustin and I wax. Philosophical? Philis- yes, we'll go with philosophical. Philistinical? Philis- oh, yeah, that's better. Much better. <laughs> Philistinical. Yes, I like that much better. Um, about The Walking Dead and Fear of the Walking Dead. And we've been covering Preacher this uh, as it came out. And then we've, we are covering Dead of Summer right now, which is our... This, why is this show so terrible and we like it so much? I didn't realize, um, and I don't know if you realize... Uh, Robin Williams' daughter, yeah, is on the, is in that cast. I didn't yeah, know and, and you know when we realized that mm-hmm. the last episode we just watched, yeah, um, and we're like, she looks really familiar. She looks really familiar, and then registered that, oh, okay, that's who it is. Had to look her up because, mm-hmm. and oh, okay, and then now I you didn't can't, now you can't, she was acting. now you can't unsee it. Now you can definitely see that it's Robin Williams' bone structure. It's yeah. his cheeks. It's amazing how much she looks like her dad. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and she's one of the better parts of the show. So we'll, we'll talk about something. that tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's a preview. That's a preview. Of yes. The next uh, the three next o'clock podcast. tomorrow. One of the things that we are in the habit of doing mm-hmm. is plugging other shows that we do. We have a total of ten podcasts that uh, that we produce on a semi to you know semi regular to regular basis. Well, we so, try and do H two O H. We run H two O weekly, mm-hmm. um, barring emergencies or gremlins. The, you know, gremlins. Um, we run Zompocalypse now. We're trying to run it weekly. We, 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 we basically would take, we're taking breaks in between seasons, but now we've been filling in the season breaks with other shows. Yeah, and, and the plan for Rogues Gallery and Level 117, that's our DC and Marvel podcast respectively, those are going to be hopefully weekly as well when the fall season starts. Right, right. Since now there's a wide range of... Of programming, you can actually it's busy have. time for us, and oh, yeah. well, and and we still haven't gotten around to doing foreign bodies. Oh, I know. That's that's still on the. Where you on? Where where? How far are we on the drawing? We're drawing board still. Oh yeah, that? still on the drawing board. Yeah, we have a we have a lot of we have a lot of ideas. 
some of them are actually legal <laughs> and safe, and we keep adding to the pile yeah. of things you want to do. There's the, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, there's also the, yeah, Foreign Bodies is, is a uh, international film podcast because there's a lot of international horror films and science fiction films that nobody ever, we, people just don't talk about, they don't have the exposure to, and we actually follow some of that personally. So it's like, why aren't we talking about this? We've got a couple different ideas for fiction podcasts. There's yeah. some storytelling stuff going on. We have a couple of... Uh, um, we have a one that began life as a series of short film scripts, um, which uh, we're hoping to turn into audio plays. All this to just burn up time because we haven't quite settled on a topic for this episode yet. Which so. is, okay, which, which if See, you listen to our podcast, you know this happens all the time. That's where you come in. Yeah. Since now we have an audience. And the doors are locked. And the doors are locked. And you're never getting out of here. Um, we, we, can, we can talk about what you guys want to talk about. You know, ask us, ask us questions or you're going to throw out an, an opinion and we can opine right back at you. Um, but there's a there's a microphone there now we are recording this so if if you would jump up there on the microphone and that way that way we actually get that part of the of the audio for the show when we post this uh, later on we're on iTunes podcast oh come on don't be shy I say you're you're just <laughs> you're just ready you're just ready to jump I see it. Well, we could we could give them a chance to warm it up to the idea. We can talk about some things. No. There's other, well, there's a ton of news, and that's that's one of the things he's, that we've been. He's the generous one. Yeah, this is true. A ton of news. Well, I mean, there's a there's a bunch of stuff. You know, we talked about uh, San Diego Comic Con. Sure. Well, there's a there's the there's the brand new Star Wars trailer. Yes. Um, what, there's, what do you think of that? Um, I actually had more of an emotional response to the first. Of these trailers, for uh, um, for Rogue One, Rogue One, yeah. the first the first one had a more of a, a visceral response for me. This has got more information. Yeah, it's that, interesting. Because, yeah, because the first one's on Yavin. Yeah, you can tell where they are. Yeah, just I mean, it's, it's it, 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 it hit the right beats. This yeah. is this one is a little more. This is the I mean, this is important because we want the information, but it didn't have the same kind of punch for me. Um, I, I'm looking forward to it. It yeah, looks interesting, and I think fun. that for a for a film that I wasn't necessarily I did, I, did I need to know the story mm. yeah it's like, it's like this, this, was a, this was a prequel that no one was calling for and that Star Wars is a bad history of prequels that no one was calling for what uh huh so um, but still no I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing so far so I'm not too concerned about that um, we also of course have the news that uh, Lando Calrissian is going to be jo- young Lando Calrissian is going to be joining the cast of the, the Han Solo movies. Yes, and he's going to be played by Miles Morales. Maybe. It's it's like is is Donald Glover the only actor that can play all of these parts? His well, name his name is floated out on everything. It's like we need a black character. Yeah, hey. Well, he's a really Glover. good actor. He's a really good actor, but apparently he's the first choice they had in mind anyway. So, still. but still, well, there's you know there's a lot of, of young black actors who are over on um, Black Panther. So you know you know right, how these guys you know how these get about yeah. sharing across but, but company when lines. They were doing they were going to regenerate do- the Doctor. Oh sure. And Glover's name came up, 
And well, then really there actor. was Spider-Man, and Glover's name came up. He's a really good and actor. And then Spider-Man Miles Morales, and Glover's name came up. And well, now for, I, but for a while, every, is everyone, everybody wanted Bruce Willis. Everybody wanted Arnold Schwarzenegger. Everybody wanted, you know, pick, pick an actor. It's like if you, if, you want a, if you want an older actor to go kill lots of people, you get Liam Neeson. I suppose. I mean, who, who's, you see, oh, who's you your see, second choice? Did you see Dolph Lundgren is going to be on Arrow? Yeah. He's going to be playing one of the Russians. In another flashback. But I We're hear always going to get the flashback. The rumor is that these are the this is the last major flashback sequence. Period. They're done after this. That would be good. I don't believe it, but that's that's the rumor. That would be well. It may be the last major flashback sequence for Oliver. Oh God. You know who's no. next on that list? <sighs> Goth Felicity. Okay. See, I would watch that. <laughs> I would watch that though. I wouldn't. Um, I'm, I, I, I hate to say this, but, I, but Felicity has, Felicity has. Mm. No, Felicity Oliver, that has run its course. We need to get past it because it's never going to work out. She's always he's always going to be dark and well, troubled, and she's going to be you it's, know. It's not that. It's it really does feel like the whole Felicity thing, the whole you know Felicity Oliver thing, has derailed so many other things in the show mm-hmm. just in yeah. total not just not just the thing with laurel but everything in the show and i i hate to say it because i love emily benton records she does a great job with the character mm-hmm. especially when she's given crap to do she still does okay i mean in the entire what third season yeah where all she was doing was crying because somebody was lying to her or not telling her something or I, whatever I mean she did a great job mm-hmm. but it was a lousy thing to do for the character yeah and I you know as much as I as much as I enjoy watching her performance I think it's time for the character to go yeah I, mean, I don't I'm, think I think, I think, I think we can keep the character I just, we just need to get rid of the stupid romance angle I mean there's nothing wrong with the romance angle it's just that it's played out it's done do you think Flashpoint is going to bring back uh, Laurel I think it's a way for them to do it with it being a cheat Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the risk there is you're going to end up with either bringing her back so that no one ever remembered she died, so you end up losing the impact of her death. I mean, it's Which, a viable it's viable storytelling with the flashpoint thing, mm-hmm. but it's also a che- it's kind of a cheat to the audience. But how much impact really has her death had, other than the fact that it was at the end of the season and everybody left? Well, we don't we don't see any of that play out now because that was the season finale and everybody left. Well, but then you'll you'll get that playing out over the next season, I guess, because it'll it'll be the recurring plot point, or it ends up being wiped out because of Flashpoint, and then she's back, and it's a reset button that gets the writers out of a corner they just wrote themselves into by killing off Black Canary, and annoying most of the fan base. You Wouldn't know, be that, the first time that Arrow has annoyed yeah. the fan base. And that's ironic, too, because how many people hated that character at the beginning? Oh, sure. No, she, you know, and, and the thing is, is that, you know, um, I've, and I've talked about this one before, The Scribbler, mm-hmm. um, yeah. where a uh, l- uh, low-budget superhero film, uh, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. Um, and it was, oh, what was the film that I reviewed? Oh, there was the... That bad zombie picture I reviewed by the same director. Um, go see this. You can rent the Scribbler. It's it's actually a lot, very entertaining, full of a fantastic fantastic cast. It's, and she's it was, it was on Netflix for a while. And she's and the lead in that. It. She's the lead in that. She's actually really 
does it does a fine job. Yeah, I tried watching that, and my my uh, my modem fried, and I never. It's got a not finish. the fault of the movie. No, it's not. The although finish. although I do have a connection with one of the actresses in there. We, we she and I have actually worked together, Ashlyn oh. Yenny. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so she and I worked together several years ago on a film, um, and uh, well, and I, I, it's probably my my technological aura because I've gone through three modems. If we make it through the recording this today and something doesn't break, we will be doing between the two of us. We've had a lot of tech fails lately. So, you have a question? Nope. I thought you, were, I thought you raised your hand a minute ago. Okay. No. Just, okay. Fair enough. No such luck. I know. False alarm. <laughs> what else is going to go on? Um, um, next week, IO9 changes. Oh, what? Um, what? What? Um, yeah. I missed this. I did not see this. Well, we don't know what's happening. I don't know the details. That's just it. Um, I, uh, but the, it's almost like a eulogy is being performed by the major, major editing staff over there. Really? I saw that today. I... Did and not. I guess as of Monday, there are changes coming, and it has to do with the lawsuit. Oh, the Gawker suit, yeah. So for those like of you who don't the, know, like the the Hulk Hogan thing. Yeah, well, it's it's it. Well, because I know Denton filed for bankruptcy. Right, and there's some, some negotiation stuff going on, but there's some restructuring because because Gawker filed for bankruptcy. I mean, the the organization is restructuring. So for those of you who don't know, IO9 is is a major science fiction site, um, and uh, they're part of the Gawker collection of sites. And, of course, Gawker got sued by Hulk Hogan. Um, and, and lost. And lost. And so the impact has rippled through all of these other websites that, that are under the Gawker umbrella. Uh, that being the case, what other uh, sites Gawker is see Gizmodo is see it's Gizmodo and then IO9 is role is part of Gizmodo now. Yep. And then you got Kotaku, uh, Jezebel, Jezebel, um, um Jalopnik. Uh, the sports one. What's Yeah, there's two or three others. But yeah, those, there's, there's, those are the ones that are that are more <laughs> in line with the things that that we would be covering. So know, there's a lot, you know, so, so yeah, tech and genre and science Gadgets, gizmos, um, video so, games. But a lot of that stuff is falling. It, it's all, apparently there's going to be an impact. And the details have, I can't find the details anywhere. But it was, we're getting little mini essays from Anna Lee and Charlie Jane. Hmm. And, and it's like stuff that was written yesterday and today. So, you know, looking back at io9. Oh, wow. So it sounds really ominous. Um, and as much as we, we, do like to look at io9 and say one day one day we will crush you <laughs> i don't want to see them get crushed like that i mean i don't, I, I want no i, I want to be the one crushing well yeah distinguished opposition sure, right exactly. but uh so it's unfortunate that it's it's it sounds like something's gonna i mean they whatever form they're going to be it's going to be a different field certainly i um uh, go ahead yeah yeah yep uh-huh. Yeah, so Kotaku. We'll, I mean, it just—it kind of depends on, you know, whatever. Honestly, the, if they're when you're dealing with this sort of financial things, they're going to look at the sites that are getting the biggest returns on their advertising. Yeah. So, they may be they may be shrinking it. They may be restructuring it. There's a lot of things they could be doing to it. Who knows? Um, so, io9 may become a smaller, much smaller footprint, or some of the things could be rolled in together. You just—I just don't know. But yeah, that uh, I was reading that this afternoon. Huh. 
Interesting. Yes. Well, and well, and that follows some of the stuff that I looked at because uh, I did that comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Alexa.com is a is a website that measures uh, website traffic and performance and whatnot. And I was looking at their bounce rate, and ideal a uh, bounce rate is basically I go to the website, I leave the website, I don't stay. That's called a bounce. And normal, ideal bounce, you want between 45 and 50, 55% is, is you know, yeah. the best you can get. And uh, they're sitting at 79% right now. Mm. And we're at 76%. We're actually, we've got a better bounce rate than they do. And the other numbers that I was able to see, um, the page views per visit and the average time on site. So if I got one visitor, however many number of different pages they see mm-hmm, and right. then average it out, um, our numbers are better. They just have more people doing it. They just it. have more people doing right. it, yeah. Well, and one of the things that, that they have done well and with the, really with the reaction seems to have been, and, and we do it as well too as well, it's just, again, it's just a matter of scale. The folks who are comment who are commenting on these on these article on these little testimonials, I guess, mm-hmm. um, were talking about the sense of community they got out of it. Right. And for those of you, I mean, you can definitely see that over the last several years, as as some of the the major driving forces behind IO9 left for whatever reason, the the feeling of the of the site has certainly changed. Oh yeah. Um, well, and you can see in, in the in the chart. There's a chart there that Alexa has. There's this right somewhere about mm-hmm. February March. It just straight line down, just plummets yeah. in 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 traffic, and it times out to right in the middle of Analia leaving, folding into Gizmodo, the lawsuit, losing mm-hmm. the lawsuit. Charlie Jane leaving. I mean, all of this stuff. It was just like this perfect storm. Yeah. Just everything. And then all of the clickbait stuff they've been doing over on Facebook has yeah. not been going over well either. Well, and of course, they don't really have the the folks who actually write for it don't have any control over that. Really. Well, I mean, that's true. The, and I think that's, that's one of the things that, that is unfortunate is that a lot of the folks who are involved there seem to really have... You know, they, they have the same they have the same reaction to working for io9 as we do for doing this is mm-hmm. we do because we love it I mean and it sounds like it's concerned if nothing you know if nothing else there are they're talking about things changing and the mm-hmm. very big sense of nostalgia in these you know but nothing specific That's like as of Monday we're going to be you know gone or we're gonna be you know a completely different format or or whatever it is. So it's, I mean, obviously with this kind of feel, there it sounds like they're going, the IO9 as they know it. Is it going away? It's probably not going to be the same. Well, given that they folded it into Gizmodo anyway, it's not even its own site anymore. Right. Right. Hmm. So. Wow. It will make a, make a little easier to compete against them if they're gone. <laughs> this is not how you want to win. No. No. <laughs> well, because how many, how many jobs will be impacted by that? That's, that's my. Oh yeah, that's no, it's it's there. well, and I think that well, they've they've already the the, the IO nine staff already shrunk quite a bit when they rolled into Gizmodo. Well, Mary Sue did the same thing with uh, um, 
who did they merge with? Was it Nerdist? No, it wasn't, no, it wasn't Nerdist. Nerdist. It was Geek. Geek Sundry? No. Geek and Sundry is its own thing still. Oh, okay. Um, as is Nerdist. Nerdist got bought by Lionsgate. Oh, did it? Geek and Z- yeah, and I think Geek and Sundry did as well, but they're still separate mm-hmm. from each other. Um, no, it was... Uh, I don't know. It's been a long... It's Geekly? been so long. Um I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> this kind of thing has happened before, and and Mary oh, yeah. Mary Sue seemed to do okay with it, but um, I O nine not so much. Well, I think that uh, there are some things that some some sites, some franchises, some things, some some books, movies, that sort of thing, where if the person who was the driving force behind it originally it leaves, mm. the the. The temperature of things change. The air in the room shifts, and it's never the same. Yeah, um, we saw that after Annalee left. Annalee Meredith. Well, actually, Annalee Meredith and Charlie Jane, and everybody else. The, 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 there's some. There's some people doing some fine work over there. But after those three were gone, it'd be like if you and I left. Mm. <laughs> what do you mean left? <laughs> We're never going to be able to leave. They won't let us leave. They, they lock, lock the they doors. doors. That's right. We're trapped too. So no, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it would yeah. definitely be. A, it'd be the same thing as if you know. Well, no matter what it would be, even if it continued on, it would be a completely different flavor. Yeah. Yeah. So. So what else has been going on? Oh oh oh. Yes. Dating tips. Big pardon. Dating tip. I'm, I, just I, gonna th- I'm just going to throw this out. I don't because, remember. Okay, because that's that's cause something you do with another person. There's right? a there's a been a uh, long time. There's a, a reputation that science fiction fans, geeks, we have that you know we don't we don't socialize oh, okay, that much, sure, right? right? Uh-huh, we don't yeah. get out on social. And 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 actually, you mentioned Dustin. Dustin had a column for a while. Yes, he did. Called um, what was it called? Well, it was Ask Dustin. No, it was, um, oh, anyway, it was, it was socialization tips, you know, how, how to, how to dress well, how to present yourself well. And it was one of those things that, you know, trying to combat that whole, you know, living in your mom's basement until you're 35 type of thing, right? You're always wearing the, the. The stereo, the the, ba- yeah. the baseless, baseless stereotype. Yes. Well, okay. So here's a real quick here's a real quick thing. If you go on a date and it's your first date with someone, are you saying you've been on a first date recently? Do not, do not spend the entire time texting with someone about something at work. That's a problem that you have to now go fix. And you spend the rest of the time complaining about problem you're going to have to go fix from somebody that you've been texting the whole time. And do not insult the hometown of the person you're with. So. Just throwing that out there. So you did all, you did all these things? No. <laughs> okay. I know somebody who had this thing done to them. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Anyway, okay. this this is not a show that works well with dating tips. No, <laughs> I don't know no, what you're no, doing. No. The, the hosts the hosts don't oh, work well no. with dating tips either. No, no, not um, really. Although uh, uh, we did receive some uh, analysis of our show recently from Fred of yours. <laughs> yes, the suggestion was that uh, for all of the things that we repeat all of the time, we turn it into a drinking game. So, so oh, oh, you know what we should do? You know what, what we should do? We should just repeat every single thing right now. <laughs> And just do it. Just, right. just go through the whole list. So um, you may have noticed that Jason and I, since if you listen to the podcast, obviously you notice that Jason and I say things like uh, "get off my lawn." Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk about coffee. We talk about coffee. We talk about the fact that we're old enough to remember. Dot yes. dot dot. Yes, we right? date ourselves we all the dating time. Dating ourselves because nobody else will. But um, um, we, gosh, we. You had a list. I had a list. I do there a is list. a yes. list. I actually sent a list. Um, and because somebody the, apparently has a lot of time on her hands. Yeah. To ana- to analyze our show, which yeah. is great, actually. This is fantastic. Somebody needs to do that to tell us all the things. But it's not like we don't know that we repeat ourselves. Um, it's a feature, not a bug, right? Adulting. Adulting. We talk about being, yeah, talk about adulting. Yes. Yeah. Um, spoilers. Spoilers. Uh, being cautiously optimistic. Well, yes. I think that's one, that's probably more of mine. <laughs> that's true. Um, so yeah, so hopefully, I think I think maybe we have just we've gone through the list. So okay. however many shots that is, you're welcome. <laughs> um, well, speaking of cautiously optimistic, we had some news out of you had some read the open letter to Warner Brothers. Yes, and I haven't I haven't gone through all of it yet. Apparently a former employee of Warner Brothers has written an open letter to CEO Kevin Sujihara about the layoffs at the studio, about Zack Snyder in particular, and the fact that Warner Brothers apparently has absolutely no idea what they're doing to make any kind of a successful film. And according to analysis, I was reading on Vulture, I haven't gone through the entire letter yet, but according to their read on it, Wonder Woman looks like it's a disaster in the making, according to this letter. The fact that Suicide Squad, we've now got uh, out there in the theaters, mm-hmm. and you said it's, it's basically two movies mashed together. It is, it, is a, it is not the god-awful train wreck that some of the reviewers have said, but it is definitely a disappointment. And no spoilers, but uh, you know the the fact that all of these different things. I mean, when when Sujihara first took over, it was not a very long time before he said, "Oh, we're doing all of these superhero right, shows." Yeah, yeah and, and suddenly there was a whole slate of DC movies, and we thought, "Where did this oh, come from?" Okay, good. That's you know it's encouraging that they're finally doing something with all these properties, and then of course Man of Steel comes out, mm. um, made a lot of money, and made did, a lot did, of did money. Did what a studio want, did what a studio wants it to do. Yes, but uh, and then you had um, Batman Five Super Batman Five Superman. There's the other one. Take another shot. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Batman Five Superman, and those early rumblings, the warning signs, mm-hmm. now became red flags that were like, mm. and you know, Justice League, the promotional stuff, and the promotional stuff for Wonder Woman really, really gives you the impression that somebody there has turned it around. Right, but at the same time, you look at the, 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 the issue that ended up being with Suicide Squad, and this is, I'll, I'll try to keep, keep, have you guys seen it? 
Suicide Squad? Okay, no, very. No, okay. Um, okay. Well, all right. So the, basically, if you don't know, the okay. Suicide Squad is actually two movies. For those of you who are listening at home, right? We have just been threatened within an inch of our lives to go ahead and tell spoilers. Right. I have no choice. Yes. I'm. I'm. I'm being forced to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, the original film that was made was very much in the vein of the original comic book from what we hear. The John Ostrander 1980s, 90s Suicide Squad comic was very, very dark. Okay. It, at a time when, a time when grim dark was kind of just... It was a new thing. It was a yeah, new thing. Dark Knight had just come out. So, but, uh, so it's a comic book about the bad returns. guys. And when you... If, if, if you're old enough or, or, or went to the comic book stores and picked them up, you remember that there, were, there was a Joker comic years and years and years ago. Okay? But it was also a Joker comic when the Joker wasn't a, was a little more clown prince as opposed to psychotic prince. Um, and so this was really the first big, this is a comic about the bad guys. And the bad guys are bad guys. And the bad guys have bombs in their heads. And they blow up when I mean it, it was it was a fairly brutal comic it was really interesting and it was something that, and so it got a lot of readers because it, there was nobody else was doing something like that that was the original tone of the film from 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 most accounts and basically it was described as training day for superheroes except there's there's the, the the bad guys right so everybody is Denzel Washington in from training day and you know there is the you know, there is no Ethan Hawke. It's all just going to be you know horrible people. And then they cut together the trailers. And of course, if you, for those of you, if you guys don't know, trailers are made by a completely separate company than the studio. They they hire these guys special. They're specialists. They go and they cut a trailer to the film, and they put in this great Queen music on these bouncy pop tunes. And this everyone went, well, this looks cool. This looks like the, the villains look crazy. Like it's gonna be fun. It looks like it's gonna be it's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be you know evil fun, right? Well, um, then the studio got Training Day with supervillains, and went, "This isn't fun. This is creepy. This is disturbing. This is these are these are crazy people with weaponry, and we're you know, supposed to root for them." I wonder what a superhero movie directed by Anton Fuqua would look like. That's a really interesting question. That could be kind of cool. I have to ponder that. Mm. So, the problem is that the studio got something that they were the, the trailers were saying one thing, and the studio and the stu- the the film that they asked for, the film that they got the, the director for, they got the director of Training Day. If you get the director of Training Day and you say make a film about you know superheroes, expect, and you give him Suicide Squad. Yeah, that he's the right guy for the film, uh, for the you know for the material. So they decided they want to basically go and do a new cut to punch up. And we heard about this it was yep. a f- just a few months ago. Yeah, the reshoots the, to and, make it more, more comedic. Right. Put more jokes in. Now, that was not necessarily a big deal because reshoots happen all the time. And re-edits happen all the way up. You know, there's, there's films, there's stories of films where they are rushing the final print. Star the, Trek The Motion Picture went to theaters and it wasn't finished. Yeah. 
So it happens. So it wasn't it wasn't like a super big alarm bell, but it was you know you, you could be concerned by it. Yeah. Well, and I think it was more of a concern for some of us that have been watching all of this play out yeah. with both not only not only on the Warner Brothers side with the movies, mm-hmm. but also everything that had been going on behind the scenes with DC Comics for the last four or five years. Oh yeah. With all of the new Fifty Two shenanigans, and we're sitting there thinking, are they ever, ever going to catch a break? Well, and I think that the you. I think they did with Rebirth, and I think putting Jeff Johns in charge of DC Entertainment is a very, very smart move, and, and putting him in charge of DC Films well, and see, that, is a that, very, very smart That's what move. makes me not worried about Wonder Woman right now. You think it's early enough that they caught whatever I think. I think, caught? well, yeah, and I think that, quite frankly, he's already had enough clout that he could probably be at that point. I mean, Suicide Squad is, you know, reshoots or reshoots. It can, yeah. Um, but they basically had the, you know, they, they showed it to test audiences, and the test audience went, well, this is really dark. This isn't like the trailer. It's like, well, yeah, okay. So they basically went through this period where they were recutting the movie and they were splicing in these new bits. And then they'd show it again to somebody else and they found this happy medium. Well, having seen the film, the medium is not happy. Um, and I actually, it's not, a, it's not a terrible movie. It's, it's, you know, there are critics who hated it. This film is terrible. It's the worst. No, it's not. Um, it's missing 30 minutes of plot. There's a giant hole in the middle of the movie which, where it's, you know, suddenly you go, char- characters suddenly become one thing. And then they switch to... And it's like, well, no, wait a minute. You, you can't just do that. You've got to give me the... And it's the same thing that happened with Batman for, versus Superman. If you've seen the director's cut, it's 30 minutes longer. No, it's more than 30 it's, minutes longer. But that doesn't make it 30 minutes better. No, well, it makes it a better, it makes it a better movie. That doesn't necessarily make it a better Batman and Superman film. But it makes it a better movie because character motivations make sense. Plot development actually happens. Um, whether or not it actually is a better superhero film is very debatable. Mm-hmm. But it is an improvement in terms of storytelling. So I want to see the director. I want to see the director's cut of of, of uh, Suicide Squad because that's going to be a pretty could be a really interesting, brutal movie because you can see it in Amanda Waller, and she is she that's. More than once, somebody asks her if she's the devil, and she is. Yes. And it's a great performance. And you're like, okay, give me more. I can buy Viola Davis much more than Cynthia Adlai Stevenson. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. That's her name. Well, the, the, this is the the new Fifty Two decided that Amanda Waller needed to be this, you know, supermodel thin, you know, sexy Naomi Campbell. Naomi type. Campbell type. Which is nothing wrong with that if you if that's fine. But Amanda Waller in the comics is about five foot tall, and she's about that wide, mm-hmm. and she is a force of nature. I mean, there's a reason why her nickname was the Wall. Yeah, and she and, is, and she was yeah. always one of those characters. She was the kind of character who would stand up to Batman, and he's towering over her. I mean, he's literally like two or three feet taller than she is, and she's giving nothing. She's you know no quarter, no inch. She's not budging. And in the comic, you had, when, the, when you get, you understand very, very quickly that if one of those people, one of those squads steps out of line, she will push the button, their head will blow up, and she will not lose a second of sleep on it. The best Amanda Waller, if you want anything on, on filmed media mm. so far, the best Amanda Waller was played by CCH Pounder in the animated Justice League series. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. And and written well, and, you know, I have to. That's that's where a lot of this comes down is the writing. 
Mm-hmm. Sure. If it's not written well, no amount of base explosions are going to save the movie. No, no, they're not. And that's why. And that's why I really want to see the director's cut of Suicide Squad because I have a feeling that the story went through to, to add in these scenes of mm-hmm. funny bonding villain stuff that we. Yeah, where can we shoehorn them in? Right, and that, and that it, it screws up the writing. It, 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 I don't think at the end of the day it's going to end up being like one of these great superhero films, no matter what cut it is, right? right. But it's certainly it's certainly not a, it's not a disaster. It's it's just it's a disappointment. Do you see they're going to uh, revive uh, Chronicles of Narnia? We're getting the silver chair. They're they're are we giving it a budget forward. this time? Uh, I don't know because the last one didn't have one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. I would say that there are scenes that are missing. I would say that this film is probably, I would say that the director's cut probably is at least, again, another 30 minutes longer. Because it feels like you go from, there's one particular point, and it's about three quarters of the way through the film, where you say, hang on, did I miss something? And then you quickly realize, no, I was still here. I was here, I was watching, and I didn't leave. And you realize there's like a whole, there's a, there's a shift in character behavior that only makes sense if there is more time in between point A and point B. Um, and then, cause, and, and it's the kind of thing that does not survive a script meeting. It's the kind of thing, you, know, you, don't, you don't roll on day one with that kind of script hole. You just don't. And well, if you're the asylum, you do. Green Lantern did. Green Lantern was an abject lesson that, that nobody has learned. Uh, unfortunately, not. And not just nobody. not just DC, but it happens elsewhere too. But but it's just it's the kind of thing where you you, you know you know this wouldn't have happened um, if so. There's there's a hole there, and it feels like and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it, maybe it did, but I really doubt it because it's like eh, you know, I mean they do a really good job at, in significant points throughout of it, it's establishing who these characters are. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so I came into this mostly through the movie. You so should have a sound effect for that. Oh. Okay, so um well, well first before yes. before you do that. Uh, a little background. Mm-hmm. Um, we have done, I'm going to plug our show. We have done uh, two or three different episodes where we examine what's been going on with the DC universe specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it's all of those things um, management and story and the approach to the material and management and so if you watch if you watch Iron Man the very first Iron Man film um, and any and if there was all this talk when that first film came out that you know this second tier character called Iron Man and I'm like I've been reading comic books since I was take a shot uh, yeah I know (laughs) (laughs) 
I've been reading comic books since the seventies. Second tier, my ass. Uh, that's ridiculous. I mean, it's he's, he's one of the he's one of the he's one of the founding Avengers. It's one of the it's ridiculous. Yeah. But again, comic the comic book movies is the wider audience, and for the wider audience, they you know they've heard of Batman and Superman and, and Captain Batman America, and Batman and Superman. Um, so they they found a really great fantastic model with Iron Man, right? And if you look at all the Marvel films since then, and you line up the plots side by side. All the Marvel movies are Iron Man. That's not necessarily a bad thing. They found a formula. It works really, really well. Um, they are fun. And they are, and because the Iron Man was fun, and fun works. DC decided to do something. Well, the, the other part of that is w- with the, you know, the very beginning of this Marvel Studios mm, right. was fresh out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Iron Man was their very first project they ever did. And at that point, they had nothing to lose. Marvel had come close to bankruptcy not too long before. Yep. They, had, they, had, they had sold off the rights to most of their character stable to go to other studios, which is why, why you have X-Men and Spider-Man at different studios and Fantastic Four at a different studio. Because if you look at the 25 years ago, 30 years ago, you flip it. Mm-hmm. You had Superman, Superman 2, you had, you had the Tim Burton Batman, and the Marvel movies you couldn't get off the ground. Yep. And Wonder Woman had just been on TV. Right. Uh, the only thing, really, that Marvel had going for it at that point was the Incredible Hulk on, on television. Yeah, and now DC actually has the best TV presence. I mean, we're not, Netflix, Netflix is a separate animal, um, but in terms of network TV, um, DC's doing really well on television. Yep. But... Marvel, uh, DC decided, the folks over at DC decided that they wanted to do something which I think was really a really dangerous thing to do. They wanted to set their movies in the real world and have physics work, like physics, and have have things, you know, and, and there's, there's, a, there's a logic to that. And basically it's, hey, what would, we, how, because it, it helps you, actually helps you write the script. How would you react if an alien who could fly and shoot, beams out of his eyes and is basically indestructible came down to earth how would you react to that and there's been lots of different comic books and the dc's had a ton of comic books that have dealt with the various ways people have reacted to superman and then you bring in the kryptonians and all of a sudden it's like oh my goodness you know the problem is, is that if you apply the law you do not stare directly at the superhero plot do not stare directly at the characters do not stare directly at batman or else you get batman versus superman's batman who is a murderer but if you think about it, if you put Batman in the real world, guess what? He's probably going to end up killing a lot of people because he's basically, um, well, he's basically Dirty Harry with a cowl. I said when when Christopher Nolan's Batman came out, mm-hmm. those three films, uh, especially the first one, um, and then we're talking about the the approach. Mm-hmm. I said it was Death Wish in a cowl. Yeah, because it was basically that that idea of um, you know the vigilante in a real world circumstance. And, and I think I think that influenced the decision for Warner Brothers to set Man of Steel and all the rest of it right. in a real world physics environment, right. because the Dark Knight trilogy made a gazillion yeah. dollars. Let's exactly. do it all over again. And the problem there also becomes that if you are going to have gods fight in a city, your casualty list is going to be very high. And what was interesting 
is that you're not the reaction to the first Avengers film, which has a slightly lower, but pretty equivalent body count, um, is was almost non-existent. And well, because there's there's a there is a, a a moment in Avengers that Man of Steel does not have. There's a, yes, a Man of Steel. It's a specific moment. It's when Captain America stands on top of the <clears throat> the, the taxi or the car or whatever, and he mm-hmm. says to the cops, "You get these people out there, and you're evacuating." And he starts giving orders to these cops mm-hmm. to get the people out. Right. And it's there a, was nothing in Man of Steel that addressed that. The and, fact that you had all of these buildings coming down. And, yeah. and if uh, you look at that objectively, you're looking at a Band-Aid, but it's a Band-Aid that matters because from the audience point of view. Um, and then, of course, Snyder, who should not be allowed to give a press conference ever uh, because he's <laughs> off defending. It's like, and, and okay, as a writer, um, I will always say, write what you want. Tell the story that you want to tell. Mm. Um, but if someone criticizes you, do not spend all your time defending your choices. Say, thank you for the information. I appreciate your viewpoint. And go back to counting the money they paid you. Okay? Right. Um, because he he did not endear himself to the fans by many of his reactions to... No. His criticism. In fact, uh, well, and he even acknowledged that on the on the uh, on the press junket where they brought in a lot of the a lot of the critics, a lot of the harsh critics. Mm-hmm. Uh, they brought him in on day thirty one of shooting Justice League to basically kind of smooth things over with the press that had been all over them for a while. And and Deborah Snyder gets it. She and his wife is like, we're, she's the producer. We must for have, most we, of yes, we're making some corrections or whatnot. And and Zach's in there just kind of digging his toe in and not really want to, you know, he's he's reluctantly acknowledging that he's he's reluctantly acknowledging that people had a problem with his his work without understanding why they have a problem with his work. And to him, it's their flaw, not the flaw in his in his work. Um so yeah, to, but but basically, yeah, it's it's a combination of a lot of different things. Yeah. It's it's all of those things where, you know, Warner Brothers has never understood what they had. Um, you know, past Superman two. Up, you know, any anything that they've done since then has always been just a little bit of a misfire, and um, and and it's I don't think they're ever going to recover from it. Well, See, I you know they're, well, because they are getting they are Jeff getting it John's well, but they are also you know, they're also main, getting it mostly right on television. They, yeah, yeah. They and are. so it's it's one of those things that will correct. The problem is is that whether it corrects before the superhero bubble bursts, or it causes the superhero bubble. Right, to burst. because yeah. we've got films booked for what twenty twenty five now. Oh, at least that's far out. So because yeah, because well, they haven't even announced Phase Four yet for Marvel, but you know they've got a plan. <laughs> and Fantastic Four is going to be the first one. You mark my words. We have a, we have a thought about that, yes. but we're out of time. Yes, we they're are. Gonna, they're going to kick us out. Um, but one thing that I do need to say before we finish recording, we do have a sponsor for this show. We Normally, do. about halfway through the program, we would start talking about the fact that our coffee mugs were empty, and we would go for a break. Which and, is also another point we have to drink. Yes, yeah, take a <laughs> shot. Um, 
So, but we do have a sponsor. SuperheroStuff.com is a sponsor for this show, and we do appreciate their support. We're going to give them a mention and a shout-out and encourage you to visit their site mm-hmm. uh, if you need stuff, you know, merchandise, licensed merchandise, Star Wars, DC, and Marvel. Pretty much, and pretty much all, any genre of things. Godzilla, cool. Transformers, oh, yeah. uh, G.I. Joe, you know, all sorts of cool little things. we got to put it in an order, by the we way. We do. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thanks very much for uh, for joining us. If you have any comments or, or, or questions or suggestions, you got ideas for topics, uh, those of you who are out there uh, listening in in the in the ether sphere, uh, you can send us an email h two o at sci fi for me dot com, or you can leave comments on all of our social media, and we will be back next week, hopefully live. Yes. From the World Science Fiction Convention mm-hmm. at Bartle Hall in Kansas City, it's it'll be almost like, like we've we're never here. left. I know we have like two days away from yeah. the place. Then we're back. Uh, but yeah, WorldCon, the home of the Hugo Awards, is going to be in Kansas City, hosted by the Mid American Two Convention. And we got and the Hugo Awards and the Campbell Awards. Hugo Awards, Campbell Campbell Conference. Uh, so the Campbell Award, the Sturgeon Award, the Hugos, uh, the Chesleys. Right. Uh, there's a, a, I think, a Japanese animation award service that's going on too. So yes. I mean, all sorts of things. Yeah. So all of that going on next week, and uh, if everything goes according to plan, you know, good Lord will and the creek don't rise, we will be doing a live version of this podcast. I think Friday morning. Right. So until then, uh, check out the rest of our podcasts on iTunes, Podcast.com, and Google Play Music. Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, the latest news and information and reviews and stuff over at sci for mecom that's going to do it for us I'm Jason Hunt I'm Timothy Harvey thanks very much for listening thanks this has been a presentation of Sci-Fi for Me Radio copyright 2016 by Flaming Dog Media LLC all rights reserved no portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media this is Sci-Fi for Me Radio 